and I, I was just tried to be keep these people alive, these stories alive, because at the end of the day, we serve with these people. But when they leave us, they never leave us. And I refuse yeah. to stop saying their name. Hi there and welcome in to a brand new week of Celebrity Salute. Dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Kelsey Sharon is a combat veteran and artillery gunner in the Canadian military who served in Afghanistan in 2009 with the Canadian, American, and British Armed Forces. She was a competitive Taekwondo champion from the ages of 4 to 19 and holds a second-degree black belt. After deploying to Afghanistan at 19, Kelsey was diagnosed with PTSD and sent home only to begin a new war, the war with herself. When her therapist recommended art therapy, Kelsey started making jewelry out of spent shell casings. She began with a warrior bracelet that led to the creation of a successful jewelry and eyewear brand, Brass and Unity. 20% of net profits go toward helping veterans who are suffering from PTSD, depression, anxiety, and suicide. She's out now with her very candid military story in her book, Brass and Unity, One Woman's Journey Through the Hell of Afghanistan and Back. We are honored to have Kelsey Sharon join us here on Celebrity Salute. Kelsey, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for all those kind words. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it has been uh, quite a while because you had just – if I remember right, you had just started the jewelry company and I think ran into Kevin Hart somewhere, and Kevin became (laughs) one of your first customers, right? Yeah, we, you know, well, when when you're with Kevin, you gift. You know, you, you don't expect Kevin to buy. <laughs> well, well, sure, sure, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he, um, yeah, randomly enough, my, you know, uh, I come from a, a long line of what what most people call chatty calf, and uh, my mother is actually named Calf, and she was the long haul truck driver, and she was driving for his what now tour. And, um, she would, you know, was very persistent. She said, you know, Kevin, you need to meet my daughter. Every time they stopped, every time she saw him, you need to meet my daughter. And she got the crew on board and got everyone to agree. And Kevin agreed to meet with me after the show in Vancouver. And, um, ever since then, you know, he gave us a really great piece of advice. We took it seriously and, uh, he tweeted it out. And after that, we, we changed our name, incorporated it. And that's when everything really hit the ground running. Yeah. And some of these other fans of yours too, of the jewelry, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Michael Buble, uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, uh, Julianne Huff. I mean, you've this thing has just absolutely blown up, hasn't it? It and you know it has and it hasn't. It's weird because you can have all of these amazing uh, celebrities and, and high level individuals wearing your product, but it doesn't translate necessarily into into sales. And what I'm trying to get others to see is that you can be successful and you can work with all these types of people. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to do the boots on the ground work. you got to go to the locals. you got to work with the community. you got to really show that you're willing to support um, and, and work with not just high level people, but everybody. The, the whole, you know, the greatest thing about my brand that I'm so proud of is it really is a brand that is for everyone. It's not just for military. It's not just first responders or right. spouses. It's it's for every single human being, especially after COVID. The rest of the world looked around and said, holy shit, this is what mental health problems really look like. Yep. You know, it took, it almost took that happening for people to realize what veterans go through from uh, anxiety, depression, stress, uh, isolation standpoint. And I'm not happy it happened, but I'm kind of happy it happened because it allowed others to open their eyes to the struggles that our veterans go through. And because of that, 
the brand has started to pick up again since COVID. So it is definitely something that is, um, I'm really proud of. I'm really glad to see it still alive after COVID. I realize how fortunate I am to still exist. And I don't take that for granted uh, at all. Yeah, it is for everybody. I was just on your website, uh, brassonunity.com, and there are so many unique pieces that um, have you know, little or nothing to do with the military that everybody can appreciate mm-hmm. and just so many great ideas. And it's amazing that you have time to do all of this and write a book. The book is called Brass and Unity, One Woman's Journey Through the Hell of Afghanistan and Back. And I just got the book yesterday. And Kelsey, as you might imagine, because you're talking to your people here. I mean, you're active duty military yeah. <laughs> veterans and their families. And, and we're all mm-hmm. over the world in, in our forces radio network. We get a ton of books. I mean, they, I, we get inundated with military type books. This is one of the best books I have ever wow. read. And I got to tell you, <laughs> from the very beginning, when you go to basic training, and you leave your mom. <laughs> I can't even talk about it. I mean, it's oh. it, it's just so emotional. And did you did you do any writing before this book? Uh, no, I um I barely graduated high school, my friend. You know, oh. and that's the beautiful thing is I'm a grunt through and through. I'm a gun bunny. I'm a in the dirt. You know, get down. How do you spell certain words? Uh, you know, <laughs> the thing that I loved. And the thing that I loved, uh, yeah. What, what's, what's the thing? I, I'm close enough to a Marine. I might as well be eating crayons. So, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I had to say it. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I love my Marines. Goddamn. I, uh, I just tried really hard to, you know, here's the thing. I wrote a 70,000 word manuscript and I had a lot of people come to me and work with me on this project. I wrote the whole book myself, but you know, there's been a lot of hands in it, you know, really massaging it to make sure it sounded literary enough. And I I can't take all the credit, you know, so, and I never will because it's a community, right? The community uplifts me and helps me in ways that I wish I could, I wish I could share more with. Um, But I will say you know, this book is not something you're going to need a thesaurus for. I'll tell you that right now. Like, it's an everyday read. It's uh, yes. it's a true story of just, like, someone's life. Yeah, and, well, and not just a life. I mean, just an extraordinary life and an extraordinary memory for detail. Because you go through these things and, and you can feel what you're feeling in this. And, uh, you know, the reviews that are out already about uh, Brass and Unity are exceptional, yeah. including... You know, Neil McDonough, uh, HBO's Band of Brothers, who calls it a journey of sheer triumph. And we just had uh, one of your reviewers on the program last week, Marcus and Amber Capone. Yeah, Marcus and Amber. I love those two. They're um, they're great friends and they have been big supporters of ours and we're big supporters of vets and what they do working in the psychedelic space. Um, you know, it's something that I believe is going to be the thing that heals our community. Right. We've We've trusted the governments to heal us and it doesn't work. So now it takes within the community. So it's a beautiful thing to see all these seals and rangers starting these organizations and really not only working in these organizations, but changing laws and really working to make sure that the next generation of veterans do not have to go through what World War II, Vietnam, Korea and everyone else, Iraq and Afghanistan went through. We can heal ourselves. And it's because of people like Marcus and Amber and Jesse Gould and all of these great humans. Yeah, we're talking to Kelsey Sharon, who also has a podcast now, uh, Brass and Unity. Mm-hmm. And are you enjoying that that experience, too? You know, I started that almost three years ago now. And I got to tell you, it's. If I do anything for the rest of my existence, it will be that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. you have such fascinating guests on there and you're talking about mental <laughs> health uh, mainly, but that's been uh, kind of the thread of your life as I read this book, even when you started basic training, because you were always the, the, the smallest, you were always the smallest kid, always the smallest uh, uh, woman. And then you get to basic training and you still get bullied. You still get picked on, but uh, that kind of, <laughs> it kind of made you what you are, right? Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I'm talking to all different types of media right now and right. the perspective is real interesting because they're like, well, but, but you were bullied. That should be sad. And, you know, part of me as a child goes, yeah, of course it was sad as a child, but as a grown adult, I look at that and go, it's what made me, it's what pushed me to thrive. Yeah. It's what lit the fire under me. And bullying can break someone or it can make someone in my opinion. And adversity, small doses of adversity is what creates a strong human being. And that's why I am who I am. So I don't regret, you know, any of that as, as it, it's not like nowadays when kids bully to the point where unfortunately people end up taking their lives or we, I didn't have social media at that age. So right. I was able to leave the situation. So bullying now versus bullying then was very different, but I will tell you, you know, again, small doses of adversity. If you if you have the right support system around you, you can you can survive absolutely anything. Yeah, and and you know, when you made that decision to join the military, I think it was kind of born out of that uh, situation because you were you were going to go to college, you were going to uh, have a totally different life, and then you happened to meet a woman on an, I think on an airplane, right? On a bus, yeah. So I was actually in college already. I was enrolled in Ottawa at Algonquin uh, College because I wasn't smart enough to get into the university. So I went to the college. <laughs> and um, I I was going to Remembrance Day. So for the Americans that are listening, that's Veterans Day for you, November 11th. And in Canada and the British, we call it Remembrance Day. It's a solemn day. Uh, you get, you, listen, you get all the wrong holidays wrong. You don't know when Thanksgiving is. Any, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I know. Right. Um, so, you know, Matt best said to me the other day, he goes, uh, happy launch day turncoat. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> you, you, you leave me alone. <laughs> so I get that all the time, but we wear the poppies on those days. And I went down to the remembrance day ceremony as I do every year to honor the soldiers. And I came back to college and I was on the transit bus and, um, I just, this lady was, you know, it's that moment in the movie where you see the you see the bright white light on the person and it goes, oh, right. and the character goes, which way, which yes. way is she going to go? <laughs> and um, I met this amazing woman and uh, I never got her name. I just talked to her for a brief moment and something clicked. I cannot describe to you what happened. I got off the bus that day. I had this moment, this epiphany. I quit college, told my professors I'm out. And I went to the recruiter's office and I, I said, I want to join the army. So how was that when you, so you go to the recruiter's <laughs> office and, and you talk about it in your, in your book, Brass and Unity, uh, and he tells you what a, what a great idea. That's a, you, you found the right calling. You found the right choice because you're going to make all these friends. You're going to bond. It's going to be perfect for you. Mm -hmm. And you, you bought the right. entire thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was one of those like hook, line and sinkers. I was like the, I was like the recruiter's dream. I walked in, I was fit. <laughs> I was, you know, I was like, playing college level soccer. So I was, I was in great shape. And I walked in, I said, I want to go on the front lines. I want to go to Afghanistan. I want to join the army. And they're like, okay, all right. Where do you want, what do you want to do? I said, I just want to be on the front lines. And they said, all right, do you know what that means? And I said, kind of. And uh, I said, I'd like <laughs> to be infantry. And they, they might as well have laughed me out of the room. And then um, they said, well, we're not going to put you in that. 
And they decided you can do artillery or armored. And I said, well, I don't want to be in a tin can. And uh, so we went artillery. And instead of, you know, carrying a hundred pound pack, I was throwing hundred pound rounds. So either way, yeah. you know, vice versa, it was the same. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and you're so candid in, in your book too. You, you make it to Afghanistan, you join a, a British military unit for house to house insurgent patrol. And then uh, you see your first death right, of, uh, of somebody yeah. you know, uh, a killing of a brother-in-arms, which, um, mm-hmm. you know, you just describe it in great detail. And, and some of those emotions that came out of that, that I'm, I'm sure still affect you, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, that moment that I wrote about there was not to, and let me preface this, because some people are going to read that and go, that was really harsh and she shouldn't have described it that way. But I'm going to tell you. And for the no, you should, you know should exactly, you should describe it exactly that way. That's what sets this book apart from other books. You don't pull any um, punches. Mm, yeah, I never really have. And I think that's either been my, my people call it my weakness. I call it my strength. Yeah. I think we put filters on things. And then when people go to sign up for jobs like ours, they might not have, they might have a skewed reality of what they're walking into. And I sure as hell did. And I'll tell you for, you know, the listeners know this. most of you guys and gals, you've deployed, you've seen, you've seen the horrors of war. You know what that looks like. And I tried really hard to do my best to be as respectful as possible. I changed the names to make sure that any families were not offended. Um, and I, I was just tried to be, keep these people alive, these stories alive, because at the end of the day, we serve with these people, but when they leave us, they never leave us. And I refuse to stop saying their name. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, The the response has been, I mean, just the reviews that I've read and the response has been uh, overwhelmingly uh, exceptional. Have you had any negative response to this book? I did have a little uh, from one one individual. (laughs) um, Really? That's okay. Yeah, because, you know, here's the thing, right? you got to remember, I'm very fortunate to be in the situation I'm in. I've met the right people. I've been on the right shows. I walk in the right circles. And that's no fault. That's been a decade of me working to get a seat at that table, you right, know? So right. I, um, and some people that rubs them the wrong way. And my light, my light sometimes is so damn bright that it just blinds you. And it makes people uncomfortable. But I'm not turning it down. Just put some goddamn sunglasses on. You can get them from brassandunity.com. <laughs> like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Uh, I, I loved to, uh, all, all throughout your book, you've got every vantage point, you've got something called the watcher, right? That mm-hmm. uh, talk yeah. about, talk about that a little bit. That was what a, what a, uh, creative and, and clever way to do that. You know, I worked with a really beautiful human on that. Somebody else came up with that idea for me. She goes, look, I got this idea. Do you think this might work for you? And I said, let's give it a go. And my God, uh, when I read the audio book about a month ago, when I went and recorded it, Reading The Watcher was one of the hardest things I've ever done, Mm. um, especially the chapter on Afghanistan, because it took me back to that moment where that voice and and for the listeners, when I'm talking about The Watcher, I'm talking about that voice, that negative self-talk, that PTSD, that traumatic brain injury, that that bad parent, that person that told you you weren't good enough, that person that told you you don't deserve to survive, that, you know, that commander, that major, that whoever who was like, you're a piece, you know. And we, we all have those experiences, especially in the service, man, woman, you name it. We all have those. We always have a commanding officer or somebody who thinks that there's somebody that they can put down. And that watcher voice follows me through my life. And it really peaked after Afghanistan. And that's really was the voice that almost made me take my own life several times. And I know a lot of you that are listening are resonating with this because I, I you reach out to me and you DM me all the time and your stories. I read every single one and I respond because I need you to know that that voice is normal, 
but you can beat it. You do not have to listen to it. You do not have to do what it says. And we all have it. And it's okay to admit it, but it's not okay to, to not fix it. You know, you have mm. to, you got to, you got to heal these cuts so you don't bleed on everyone else around you. You know? Yeah. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. No, it'll get louder. It'll yeah. get so much louder. Man, you, you know, you're talking about, so, so all these new experiences that you're, you go through basic training, mm-hmm. you, you learn to adapt and assimilate and you get to Afghanistan. That's a whole new world now. That's a whole new world. And I love, I want to read one section of the book here where you talk okay. about some of the things you learn in, in Afghanistan. Uh, you say uh, a heavily tattooed American joins us where we're sitting. Have you been outside the wire yet? He asked me. No. A lot of you don't want to see. This guy has a line tattooed on the back of his neck, along with the words cut here, which sums up his sense of humor. Careful, those stories aren't appropriate for her ghoul jokes. And you say, hey, I want to hear. Like about women being stoned to death for looking at a man. You've actually seen it happen? Yes, not far from here. They bury the women up to their necks and throw rocks at them until they die. How do you... How do you deal with that? I mean, you know, now you're in a situation where, you know, you're in a combat situation, but now you're you're trying to adapt to the customs of this whole other weird place. You know, I leaned on the the strong men that I, that were around me. I uh, the only reason I survived that deployment was because of. My sergeant, um, because of my friends like Chris Gould and, and McConey, uh, for, you know, the British guys that, you know, my platoon sergeant, all of these guys that, that just basically moved me, told me where to go, what to do, how to get there. And, and, you know, I, I'm only alive because these men were honest with me, who were truthful with me. And so many of you listeners right now know, like, the first time you see someone die, the first time you pull a trigger, the first time you see something that you can't wrap your brain around, part of you dies or turns off mm. or goes numb because it's a coping mechanism. Right. It's your brain protecting yourself. Right. And I, I, I say this about my show. I say this about my life, but I say this most importantly about my deployment. I stood on the shoulders of giants and that is the only reason I am still here today. I love that. Her book, uh, Brass and Unity, One Woman's Journey Through the Hell of Afghanistan and Back, which is, I guess, going to also be a movie. <laughs> oh man, I uh, I'm in a weird spot here, dude. I'm just following the, I'm just following <laughs> I got, along. I got, no, listen, we've we've had these weird spots before. I know exactly what you mean, and we'll just say, hey, maybe. Well, yeah. So it's been optioned for sure by uh, the McDonough Company, which is Neil McDonough from Band of Brothers. Yeah, you know, if you know anybody who's been involved in Band of Brothers, it, it is my God to have someone from that that amazing series and those people. Uh, really acknowledge this and say, Hey, this is a different story. This is something that we haven't heard before. Sure. We've heard deployment. Sure. We've heard these things, but we don't have a mother and a woman and we don't have a person that was on, you know, on the front lines doing those types of jobs at that time. Now we have women doing them and thank God that we do because we got some bad, bad women out there that deserve it. But you know, up until I think it was 2015, 16, it was just a lot of Canadian women were rocking. And that's just because the way the world works is, you know, not our choice in, it was option. I got a phone call from Neil McDonough. They came to a charity event of ours uh, a couple of years back uh, with his beautiful wife, Ruve, and their five children. And uh, he, he said, you know, if you're ever doing anything, let us know. I let him know. I went away to do a psychedelic assisted therapy, worked through some stuff, got home and got a phone call. And they, they got me on a Zoom and they said, look, Kelsey, we really loved it. 
here's the thing. We want to turn it into a mini series. Mm. Are you down for that? And I just started bawling my eyes out because (laughs) for the first moment I felt seen, I felt seen. And, you know, I've been on the phone with uh, a couple of the people that are supposed to play me. Um, We're just now in this part where, (laughs) I mean, Gary Sinise tweeted about it yesterday. So I don't know what's happening. dude. I'm just here for the ride. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Band of Brothers, we know it very well because Tom Hanks has been on this show uh, four times. And when you talk. Great man. Great man. When you talk to Tom Hanks about the military, he doesn't want to talk about show business. He wants to talk about the military and, and, and every military project that he's ever produced or been a part of, he wants to one thing, get it right. And he, 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 he's just so passionate about that as is everybody on band of brothers. So this couldn't, I mean, and you, I'm sure you feel like this, this could not be in better hands. No, it couldn't be. Now the dream is to just get it to a studio, um, you know, and ultimately and get enough people on this project. So if you're listening to this and you guys want to be a part of this project, if any of you want to be a part of this project and you think that you can bring something to the table, DM Brass and Unity or myself personally, because we're, you know, we're working with the right people, but I want to make this thing big. I, I'm not about doing it. In case you haven't noticed, my friends, I'm not about doing anything half-assed <laughs> exactly. at all. Exactly. Well, and, and speaking of that, yeah. you, you know, you can't keep your mouth shut, Kelsey, because um, uh, this, nope. this was just in the, the news, uh, I think, yesterday. Canada oh, yeah. about Canada. Canada's push to and, and I didn't know I didn't know any of this. I didn't know any of this. So this is brand new to me. Canada's push to euthanize veterans with PTSD. You call it disgusting, yeah. Yeah. unacceptable, and infuriating. Why why even is that happening? Okay, so let me backtrack a little bit so you understand the backstory here yeah. so the listeners do. Okay, so in Canada, Canada, well, if you're American and you're in America, your hat's on fire. You better start paying attention because Canada has taken a turn. And a lot of people ask me when I'm moving. And I say this very simply. I won't move because I love this country and I am proud to have served it and I will fight for it again. This country is doing some atrocious things, including a lot of different censorship bills. But the main and most disgusting thing and the only reason it got leaked out was because of a a few service members who had the absolute strength to come forward and say, hi, since 2019, Veterans Affairs Canada has been offering made medical assisted in dying to veterans that were asking for psychological support, wheelchair ramps, and and et cetera. So instead of them giving them treatment, the Trudeau government is saying, you know what's easier? How about made? And not only that, and to make it worse, the Minister of uh, Veterans Affairs went on the West Block last year when this got dropped and the, had the audacity to lie right to Mercedes Stevenson's face and say, we only know of, it was only one case manager and we only know of a couple cases. Well, I'll tell you right now, my friends, we have over 20 whistleblowers. We have audio recordings. We have papers. We have everything to prove it. And on top of it, it is now scaled to the civilian population in the pensioners. So they are going to pensioners who have worked their entire existence. And on their 75th year, when they give them their pension package, they make them sit through not only in British Columbia, but across the country, they make them sit through a, what they call, they're very excited to share with you the new opportunity to kill yourself. And within 24 hours, you can go into the hospital and say, I would like to enact my rights to use made, and you will be taken off the face of this earth. Within 24 hours? That is how quickly it can be done. It can take up to 48, and they apologize for the wait line. Here's the... Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. 
here's the thing that gets me. Tell me, I'm sure you can recall, when's the last time you used to hear about mentally ill, people of uh, missing limbs, people who were elderly and useless? When did you start hearing about them being wiped off the face of the earth last? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, this is all Kevorkian stuff, right? Right, absolutely. And the the hard part is this is happening in Canada. And they say that they have stopped offering it, but we have proof that they haven't. So if this is happening in Canada... Americans, the rest of you who are all over the world right now, pay attention. And if you have ever been offered MAID in America or any other service members that are listening to this, DM Braxton Unity, please, because we are not staying quiet. I am going to everyone. I went to every major American podcast I know, and the majority of them would not talk about this. I had to go to the UK to get them to listen. And the second I told them, on Canada Day, they dropped the first story, and then they dropped the other one yesterday. I love so it. So when you you keep messing around, we're going to get louder. But I'm not letting you take any more of my friends and my family off the face of this earth. I mean, I, when I when I heard about it, I I, I said, well, I, that can't be true. That can't be true. Mm-hmm. The more I look into it, Canada has the world's most permissive assisted suicide program. The country is on track to record some 13,500 state-sanctioned suicides in 2022, right. which is a 34% rise uh, from 2021. So this is a situation that is not, not getting any better at all. And Kelsey, I just applaud you so much for standing up and speaking out for this. And like you say, this is the country that you love. This is a country that you fight for and that you will fight for, but they need you. They absolutely need you. And man, we need you. I, I just, I, I'm so honored to have you on the program. I want to thank you so much for the time. The book is Brass and Unity, One Woman's Journey Through the Hell of Afghanistan and Back. Kelsey, anytime, please. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And just lastly, if I can, you know, this book is this book isn't just for military members and spouses. This is for everyone. This is a book yes. if you if you are married to a military member and you are unsure of how to help them heal, you are unsure why they're acting the way they're acting, doing what they're doing, please read this book. You will see that over the past 14 years, with so much support and resources and community, I was able to crawl out of that hole. And I promise you, I promise you, if you are on the edge right now, this does not have to be the end of your story. It can get better. It will get better. I can assure you. So please do do me a favor and stay with us. Give yourself an opportunity to have the life that if I took my own life when I was about to, I would not be here talking to you. Mm. Please stay with us. Your life is worth staying and you matter more than anything else. Please stay with us. Thank you so much for that. You know what you are? You're a, you're a spitfire. Yeah, you and combat flip-flops agree. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Celebrity Salute. Celebrity Salute is produced by Brainstorm Media and distributed by National Defense Network with host Randy Miller and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us at nationaldefensenetwork.com. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also say, Alexa, play the National Defense Network podcast.